you know what this has been doing in my head in the last few weeks is that I got a cough a little while ago and I was mm. like, oh no. And then when I got checked out and I was like, no, 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 you're fine. I was like, sweet. This was last Monday. And then um, I was taking like cough medicine for it. And the day my cough medicine ran out, I was like, ah, I feel heaps better now. No drama. Later that night, I ate a, um, like a, a, a tortilla chip and a small amount of it got stuck in my throat <laughs> and I coughed so hard, just set the cough off again. Yeah. All it did was just make me have a cough again. So for the last two days, I've just been like, motherfucking fucking Doritos. So I guess what I'm getting at is that I've planted a bomb in the Dorito factory. Yeah, you should just move on to better corn chips. <laughs> they're actually mission, but you know, I didn't oh, want to be no. like, they were, they were good. I was going to say, start eating mission Real chips. Tasty. It just sounds so pretentious though, saying that I sat there and I ate a bag of mission chips. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. They're, they're restaurant style tortilla triangles. I'll <laughs> have you know. Oh, what about the strips? That's I, what got, strips. I, had, I had the strip okay. ones. <laughs> but that, that's what it says <laughs> on the bag. I made badass nachos. Restaurant yeah. style. Tortilla triangles. Tortilla triangles. I've got a bag I can show you. No, it's good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just angry about it. Yeah. It should like, be. It's dumb. Is the phrase corn chip it's, trademarked? I think... Oh, no, it no. doesn't just have negative no, connotations of being like, a cheap snack. It also says tortilla chip on there somewhere. Is this but like it's not corn chip because they want you to know they made it out of a tortilla? This is one of those things with a stupid long name like Peter Jackson's uh, King, King Kong, Kong, the, the movie, movie, the, the video game. game. Yeah. <laughs> Should we? For fuck's <laughs> sake. Welcome to Hey Brew, the podcast about beer and storytelling. Each week, one of us brings a beer and a story. And this week, we've farmed that out. Um, we've outsourced it. Yeah, in a, in a sort of... What we've done instead is brought someone who has a story and has brought beer. Yeah. Um, Jordan, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You didn't really say that. I'm very excited to be here. Like, okay, I'm excited to have you here, but the level of enthusiasm sounds like you didn't really want to be here. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've been in front of a microphone, like just uh, finding that level of uh, presentable etiquette. Getting in the zone. Got to get in the zone, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. You would be technically the fourth guest we've had on, but first one we had two guests and their level of energy there was just... Um, it was too much. It, it, it was, was chaos. It was hectic. Yeah. We, we were all quite pissed quite early and it was just went Well, yeah, we had swiftly four downhill. beers. Yeah, and we also had a lot of sugar, which yeah, people of our age can't handle apparently. You know what you forgot to do is say your own name. Oh. oh, what is I'm, your name? I'm Elliot. I'm Mike. Fantastic. There we go. Do you want to say I'm Jordan? And Just I'm Jordan. Fantastic. Intro complete. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, uh, off to a shambolic start That's as usual. All staying in there. All right. Well, I'll just skip straight into the next section. Has anyone had any fun beer things recently? Uh, I've bought a bunch of beer, which I've yet to try uh, now that I'm back in the land of having a job. Mm. Um, so I've got a fridge full of excitement, but I can't tell you much more than that. Same, but none of it's beer. It's just pot. Never mind. <laughs> cool um yeah. excellent Jordan, uh, anything from you yeah. <laughs> i was actually uh in bendigo over the weekend and uh stopped in at one of my favorite country pubs and was uh captivated by the colors of all the cans that they had in their fridge underneath the bar so for a country pub it had a pretty sensational uh assortment of uh craft beers Man, that which, were for grabs. which pub's that the Goldfields Give on the wrong road in Bendigo. Nice. Is it going to be warm? We're going to check out. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, in at least six weeks. Yeah, yeah. six weeks. <laughs> in nebulous spring. Yeah. So the owners of that particular pub have quite a fancy restaurant in Kyneton. And so they're, oh. uh, I think it's called The Source Dining. So everything that they 
sell at the restaurant is locally grown within like the Kyneton Shire. So it's like a farm to table kind of situation. Mm. But everything in the pub in Bendigo is very highly curated. So their wine selection's phenomenal. Their beer selection's phenomenal. You've got a lot of uh, craft people that are represented there. And I ended up with a can of um, the Black Forest Stout from Moondock. Cake Hole. Cake Hole. Love that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. It was glorious. I had someone complain to me the other week. They were like, ah, I liked it, but... I expected it to be more like a cake, like more like gattery. Like a pastry, like a pastry like, stout or something. Yeah, I was. I don't know. I think it's pretty good with it all. I think it... Um, shit, I don't know if I should listen to this show. Uh, I'm not taking the piss. Um, but I was I was like really impressed by it. I thought there was a load of fruit flavors and stuff. There. I mm. thought it was really good. Oh, I want one of them now. But they've only just brought it back out. So I wonder if it's a, you know, between batches issue. Could have been, could have been. I think where I get sucked in every now and then is thinking that the flavor that's advertised on the can is going to be so intense yeah. that yeah. it's no longer a beer. And very often as you drink it, you've got to remind yourself that no, 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 I'm in it for the stout, but yeah. I'm excited mm. to see how they've managed to incorporate the flavors of the black forest. That's fair. I, I like it's. I picked up a beer the other day. I had um, Mr. Banks. I think it's called like, Oh, oh Christ. It's called like, don't quote me on this, but like Cream Dreams. It's definitely not called that. that um, but it's an oat it's cream. It's just the name of your autobiography. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fit in well here. so many levels. <laughs> um, but it was like oat cream IPA. And I was like, oh man, like in my head, like oat cream. It's going to be like eating like a wagon wheel. No, of course it's not. It's a fucking IPA. It's yeah. nothing like that in my what, head. What I poured it out and I was like. Oh, uh, yeah, no, of course not. Not at all. Yeah, I got easily distracted. There's no marshmallow in here at all. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, mmm, creamy, and like, it's like a big cookie. Yeah. No, but yeah. it was delicious. Okay. Um, which actually brings me on to, I went to Inner North over the weekend. Ah, yes. Um, for young uh, friend of the show, TJ's birthday, mm-hmm. um, with other friend of the show, um, who will be remain nameless. Um, and yeah, had uh, had like... Do you guys know what, like, mole is, like, the, the Mexican, like, sauce? Like yeah, chocolate one, chili one of the it? Firestone Walker beers I bought is a mole stout. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got a mole of brown ale Ooh. and something called Kiss from a Rose, which is, I believe, a chili chocolate stout, um, which was fat. No, wait, that was what the brown ale was. Anyway, they're both good. Yeah. Um, Going to go get some more of them for lockdown because yeah, lockdown. Running out of time. Yeah, anyway, well, thanks for listening to Hey Brew. <laughs> yeah. I've been having my beer. I've got oh, four hours. I don't know when he's going to be open. Oh, yeah, no. I might have to give him a ring. Yeah. Oh, I also get excited, boys, for when lockdown ends because um, mm. for the new house, we just took delivery of our kegerator, Ooh. which is like the keg fridge with the taps on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be brewing some beer and I'm also going to be buying some beer in kegs because I also know that my brewing schedule is not as rapid and often as I would like. It's like one a year, maybe. I'm I'm going to be doing more. I bought I bought the ingredients for the for the uh, Black is Beautiful Black Lives Matter stout. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that like ten dollars goes to uh, like local indigenous like um, legal fund charities. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that. Partly because I twisted their arm into doing that. Ha ha. Mm. Suck it. <laughs> suck it. Doing good work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I was like, oh, it'll be like a five six percent oatmeal stout. Like no, it's like nine ten. I'm like, oh, well, we're just going to ruin our winter or vastly improve it, as the case may be. Yeah. I mean, all I've bought in the last two weeks is stout. Because it's stout weather, time. baby. It's the season. Yeah. yeah. I've got two mad stouts in the fridge that I'm like, I'll drink them someday. Yeah. I'm probably going to drink the summer so, regular here yeah. before we get to hang out. I'm sorry. That's all right. All right. So what have we got today? Actually, um, 
Jordan, what have we got today? Yeah, this is all you. This is all me. Oh, it's a lot of pressure. Would you like, would you like a prop? Yeah. Here you go. It's a prop. <laughs> a prop. You just hand him like a rubber chicken. <laughs> if I had one. Uh, well, that, that was a very bad in, impression of a rubber chicken. <laughs> it was. I know. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we are having uh, Dreamland from uh, Rogue in the USA. And this is an American lager that comes in a delightful one pint tall boy. Mm. Yeah, I, I I really miss the pint cans. Like, that's a, a thing in the UK. You can go and get, like, a four-pack of Carlsberg yeah. in pint cans. I miss just buying big cans. Like, everything's 440 over there. Well, I mean, the can is my preferred delivery method. Yeah. Like, a I lot like, of people are pro-glass, okay, but, eh, but there's just something can, magical man. about cracking a can. Oh, yeah. yeah. The sound. feel uh, Yes. Also, it's my favorite part of a colonial. Like, oh, oh, the, the, the ripping the whole top off. The whole tops. lid. Yeah. Is yeah, uh, I think like, I think Bent spoke do that as well. Bent yeah, spoke, yeah. yeah, they've I know they both stopped during Corona because they couldn't get hold of the parts. But I think they're going to continue with it. But yeah, I'm a big can man. Just the noise mm, that quote. it makes, though, like rather than that small little incision that you get from the tiny standard. Yeah, it's, I know. What do you even call that? The can cracker. I don't know. Ring pull and opening. The bit. ring pull. That's probably yeah. the yeah. actual name. On one of the yeah. full lid, yeah, yeah, full yeah, lip yeah, cans, yeah. Goblets, yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. deep. I love that. Deep noise and it's just... And you're always afraid that you'll pull it a bit too hard and just dump it all over, all over yourself. Yeah, or cut your finger off. Yeah. 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 Like, But it's the fear that makes it so exciting. But today we've got, <laughs> today we've got the safety cans. Yeah. Safety. <laughs> Kids cans. Yeah. Rogue. Well, now in safety can. Yeah. <laughs> Lager. For kids. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I the not. can design would make you think that, wouldn't it? Yeah. it's uh, This is the thing. So, like, the can design has somewhat inspired, or rather... So we've, the topic has come in first and then the can has been uh, actually a find of yours, Jordan. And it's been mm. like perfectly fits in. It's a curated topic-based can. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. But the good thing is, is one of the elements on the can was the original point. And then we saw the fact that it says dedicated to DIY. And it's like, oh, that actually also yeah. works really perfectly. Yeah. And and that that is kind of uh, true to how we do the work on the show is we <laughs> might find the story or the beer first. Oh, I thought you meant dedicated to DIY. It's like, well, no one's doing it for us. Yeah. No. Um, but it, it's a total crapshoot. Sometimes I'll go to the bottle store and be like, none of these are working for me. And then I'll just buy something online and be like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> kind of story can I tell about the Black Forest? Yeah, basically. <laughs> you could probably do something pretty huh. good there. Um, it is an area in Germany. Yeah. Just scribble that down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of cracking cans. Yeah. I don't really have yeah. anything. Uh, Germany. Let's have this lager. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out. I'll allow it. Have a glass, sir. I mean, you don't have to. You can drink it from the can if you like. I don't give a fuck particularly, but... Yeah. I haven't decided what I want to do yet. That's a lot of pressure. That's a kind of fruity smelling lager. Yeah. I don't drink enough lager, and i got to say, good lager is fucking great. Mm. I went uh, and got ramen last night. Oh, don't. Oh, and man. got a 500ml can of Orion. And yeah, nice. That was a good time. That's that's something. Actually, that's probably one of the things we bonded over pretty early was beers in Japan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've talked at length about that. You want a good time for not a lot of money. That is the country to go to. Okay. Yeah. You want a good time for no money. Watch Jordan's review of loads of beers in Japan in a, in a uh, convenience store while he was pissed out of his skull. Great. Also fucking good. Not Great. available on YouTube, but available for airdrop if you happen to be in my vicinity <laughs> on public transport. <laughs> That is aggressive. <laughs> what, what is this? Someone's trying Guerrilla to sell me. Guerrilla marketing. Yeah. 
has too yourself. many limitations. Yeah. I really feel like yep. if you just take matters into I've your just, own hands and I've, be your own marketing. I've heard some dark stories about what people do with airdrop. It's so like, I'm this is reluctant like, to endorse that black well, ops I mean, marketing. As long as you know that your content is not going to send you to prison. Yeah. <laughs> Go nuts. Anything up until that point. This is why I don't have airdrop. Well, anything up until that point can be seen as an innocent mistake. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm sorry. I just sent you this video of me reviewing a beer. I didn't mean to airdrop that to you. I thought you were someone else I know on the tram. Why do I feel like this sentence has been used before, but with the suffix, your honor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's give this beer a try. Never have to say your honor if you never get caught. I almost that was almost a spit take. There's an ongoing <laughs> there's an ongoing competition in my head, which is make Mike spit take. Yeah, right. and I've got him close quite quite a few times. That was that pretty was close. <laughs> Half a mouthful, and you say that. All right, Wolf. just just quickly, how are we feeling about the beer? This is quite tasty. This mm. is very refreshing. It's nice and light. There's nothing too hectic about it. Yeah, and it's not one of those ones that's like like a pilsner where it's like real real sharp. Yeah, I can't say I've had a lager that tastes this. Fruity, like it definitely smells more fruity than it tastes, but mm. it's it's bizarre that that's in there. Yeah, it's got a bit of sweetness to it. It reminds me of the um the stomping ground sour series a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. Like, there's a obviously more towards the sour end, but they're not super strong with the fruit flavors either. No, it sits very sweet mm. on your tongue. Mm. Yeah, which I didn't expect. No, it's, it's very different for. Uh, I mean, it's not really like any lager that I can say I've had before. No. It's, it's so different to Aussie lager. And you're, not, a, you're, a, you're a lager drinker, like, primarily. primarily yeah. yeah. Mm. So I not will your, actively, Not your dad's lager. Mm. I will actively seek out a lager in a fridge of... In a fridge of all the pales and the IPAs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I like to enjoy the, the breadiness mm. of beers. I'm not too... Like, I find my flavor profile really... Uh, when it comes to a stout, really, really into all of the interesting things that people do with stouts. Like they can mm. carry peanut butter, they can carry fruits, they can carry all sorts of different, like you've got oats and yeah. mm-hmm. adjuncts, whatever. Yeah. I really, really enjoy that because underneath it all, you can still taste that I'm having a delicious stout, but there's bits in it. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I find with a lot of the other uh, craft beers that exist out in the world, sometimes the flavor profile's just been pushed so far in a certain direction, like for me specifically. Ah, uh, the classic stump beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I like, completely agree, to be honest with you. Like, the, the, the British-style IPA is completely different to the American, which has become the Australian and kind of the global mm. IPA, which is, like, their style's so hoppy and so fruity and so like that. You don't get any of the malt flavor. You don't get any of the, like... I really want a better word than, say, like, the beer flavor. Mm. Well, I mean, that's exactly it, what you're like, looking for and yeah. I feel like with a lager most of the time no matter what people have done with it or how they've tweaked it you get to enjoy the subtleties and the different flavors of them but they're still at the core of them a delicious tasty beer yeah you, you, you've got like a good interplay between a few different things like it's not none of them are like overpowering each other yeah whereas mm. I find a lot of the uh, adventurous craft beers that I'll uh, put in my mouth um, I'm left <laughs> uh, just with a passion fruit kind of aftertaste. And I don't know if that's just me. It might be like the people that eat coriander and it tastes like dish soap. No, I think I think you're right, though, mm. because I, I hear other people say this. Like, I've got... But I, mean, I, want, I want to like them. 
I really, really want a lot. Yeah, because there's so many of them. Oh, and the cans are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I can drink them for you and give you the cans. It's fine. Well, I mean, normally I just throw the can away. I just I enjoy it. owning it for that fleeting period of it's, time. It's a full sensory experience. Yeah, it's yeah. the can that gets me in in the first place. Like, mm. I feel like when it comes to a beer, you don't have the time to be sitting there reading reviews on the internet while you're staring into the fridge or at a bottle shop. all of shop. the text on the side of the exactly. can. Yeah. You are entirely judging that book by its cover. Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then every now and then you crack one open and it might be this delicious, crisp American lager or it might just be this, like... Thing that tastes like grass. Exactly. <laughs> but you don't know. But the can was so beautiful. To be fair, I have had on two occasions... Um, actually, multiple occasions... One, my partner at the time used to, like, I used to let her, like, pick out beers for me. And she'd just do it purely based on the artwork. She didn't drink. And I also had a friend, she didn't drink beer. I just had a friend that I used to see quite regularly, and she doesn't drink at all. And she'd be like, oh, I got you some beers in. And I was like, oh, okay. Thinking she'd just grab, like, a first piece six pack. the dice. And she's just like, no, I just picked interesting-looking ones. Yeah. And every single time someone's done that for me, I've been like, this is good. So I do think, like, also, there's only, like, three beers I've ever found that I wouldn't drink again. But... Oh, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, a beer's a beer. Yeah. But, like, generally, I think judging it on the can artwork is fucking... That's it's good. good. It's <laughs> that's a really good, good way to yeah. get a beer. But like- it can go either way. So, I mean, the um, the Garage Project Neo Tokyo Lager, mm. it's one of the plainest cans of anything in the mm-hmm. craft beer world. It's just this baby blue can with a tiny little red fish on it. Yeah. But right. that is one of the most delicious beers, mm. I believe, in their entire arsenal. Like, it's delicious. I haven't had enough of that, actually. And now I think about it, I might have to try some more. Mm. It's sensational. It's, it tastes like the experience of Japan in a can. Right. That's a very zen statement to mm. move into the next section. <laughs> yeah. Any, any final remarks? <laughs> any so, we final remarks too much about the beer itself. But I it's came like... to drop some power, and here I yeah. am. Yeah. Um, I... This is a beer I could drink and would happily drink like eight pints of. Yeah. And also at four and a half percent, it's also not going to be one of those ones I'll drink eight pints of and be off my chops. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The thing I was going to say actually like around different. Um, so as it happens, I brought seven more. Yeah. No, around like different flavor profiles. is like, I will definitely go through phases though, where like mm-hmm. I'll go through two months where I'm like, all I want is the really heavy West Coast IPA style where it's like, you're just tasting hops. You're just mm. tasting that like piney sort of flavor. It tastes like cut grass. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want something like this because it's a hot day. I've been out doing stuff outside. I just want something to cool me down. This is going to get me there pretty quickly. Yeah. This is what you come in and drink after you've been the one to cut the grass. Yes. Mm, very like, good. This would be this, a solid like, like It says on the can, dedicated to DIY. And yeah. This entirely feels like the kind of beer where after you've just had to do something that you yeah. either uh, were really planning on and have a satisfying result at the end of it or... Yeah got suck it into doing something that you did not want to do you're frustrating <laughs> you frustratedly put up some ikea furniture exactly like i've just spent four hours putting together a flat pack and i am at my wits end yeah but it's this done. is the beer for and you beer. Yeah. Sort it. exactly in, in my head i'm picturing you like <clears throat> what we're about to talk about and then this is there like it's just plopped up on top and you're just like doing something and that's it's the, like that's oh, i thought you were say oh. that's the reward and you're just like Soon. No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes it can just like a glass case. <laughs> well, anyway, and that leads us quite nicely into actually. 
So, Jordan, the uh, I'll say the reason we've got you on that makes it sound like listen, we need you for something. But like the reason we've got you on is you're in the middle. I have one specific aspect yeah. of my personality yeah. worth <laughs> exploiting. What's <laughs> uh, <once> exploiting? <laughs> Exploring uh-huh. for likes. You made me bring the beers. Yeah, you're picking my brain for the one thing that I've got to share. Uh huh. Sounds yeah, like exploitation to me. Yeah. But I'm happy to we're, be here. Yeah. It's really warm <laughs> yeah. in your house. We're, I was cold the, outside. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Pay you I an ex- pay you, bad now. <laughs> pay you an exposure. exposure. No, no, no. I'm having the time of my life. Like, this Sweet. Is, this is because we spiked your previous beer. Um, so, Jordan is in the middle of... Uh, I say in the middle of. You're in the back quarter of a pretty extensive project um, where you are in the process of building um, a car. Now, not just any kind of project car because as much as... That would interest me and you, Mike, definitely. Mm-hmm. If you were just like coming in and be like, yeah, I'm in the middle of like uh, putting together a Fiesta for a track day. We'd be like, fuck yeah, yeah. that sounds real fun. But it's a little bit more than that. Trying to get an AU Falcon over a million kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not difficult to do. Yeah, just I just bought a taxi. Um, <laughs> so Jordan is in the middle of um, creating a, an exact movie replica of the Jurassic Park Jeep. Now, just to differentiate between the two, there's the Jurassic Park Jeep and the Jurassic Park Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. Ford Explorer is the one that most people are sort of familiar with in the middle scenes where it's the green and red and yellow one where they... They're all trapped inside it. Yeah. yeah. And then the man um, goes for a shit and then gets eaten by a T-Rex. Yeah. Mm. It's a terrible way to go. That's how I imagine going. Yeah. I feel like he was asking for it. Uh, His hubris. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go for a shit, I, I worry that yeah. that might be it. Yeah. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it really is an Icarian tale of that lawyer. T-Rex is just no, there to clip T-Rex his fucking just, wings. T-Rex is just sitting there like, are you going to wash your hands? Should I wash your hands? Chomp. It's just like, come on, man. Some of us are waiting. Hot water, soap in 20 seconds. Come on. That's a public address for us throughout the project. Wash your fucking hands, wear a mask, move on. And stop hanging out with your friends. Yeah. As of tomorrow. Um, so, uh, the Jeep. Mm-hmm. It's the, the silver, silvery, and you're going to tell me like exactly what color it is in a second, probably. The fucking Pantone number. What's, what's, what's the color? It's not silver. It's, it's called Sand Beige. Okay. <laughs> that sucks. That's a shitty <laughs> it's name. A, it is a terrible name. Like, it is the two <laughs> blandest... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind it's of like colors that exist build, and mashed them together. The builders white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, it's quarter a crew. So it's, it's the like beige it's and red one. Yeah, and it's yeah metallic one. It's the one where they first get in and there, and then they see the um, Apatosaurus, Brachiosaurus, oh, like the, where the where Laura Dune, Laura Dune like, comes up over the top of the jeep, like, yeah. and then she grabs his head and turns it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't take too much notice of the the actual vehicle in those scenes. Well, I don't more know for you. Well, I don't know how. Well, you're pro- about to learn a hell of a lot about them. Yeah, but I don't know how prominently. Okay, full disclosure: I've watched the Jurassic Park one and two for the first time in the last month or so. This is why I thought this would be so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't remember. I'm the- not mad at that, but I do feel sorry for you. Yeah, but also imagine me at 30 getting to watch it for the first time. To be fair, having watched it later in life recently, there is a shitload more going on in that movie than I remember. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in those scenes, I don't like the the jeep that they were in didn't stand out to the point where I where I would possibly conceive myself going, yeah, I'll build that. Well, I think <laughs> in terms of the film, the explorer kind of sits a lot more as mm. a character. Yeah. Mm. So because that's like their theme park ride essentially. Yeah. So yeah. 
for the full length of the movie, there's something like seven minutes that actually contain dinosaurs. And it's a two-hour film. <laughs> that's, that's fucked. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> if you look at the stats of it, it is a very insignificant amount of time where there's actually dinosaurs on the screen. Like, it's... Absolutely um, sub It's probably the most expensive part of the movie. I was going to say, that one cost them a bomb. That's yeah. why. Yeah. But uh, the Jeeps pick them up from the helicopters, take them to the compound. You see one later on that picks up Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. after he's been like attacked by a dinosaur and has a broken leg and all that oh, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he is in one of those. But for the most part, that's kind of it. They come in at the start, they leave at the end, and that's basically the Jeeps. Which Whereas, is more screen time, the Jeep or the dinosaurs? The dinosaurs. By much? By a long shot. Okay, just checking. But then the <laughs> explorers. Seven minutes. Well, the explorers have significantly more screen time than the dinosaurs. Ah, oh, that's really. It's really just an available advert for Ford. Yeah, apparently. This is just like in all the latest Bond movies where he's like, I think I'll have a Heineken. Yeah, or he's I'll just have like, the latest Aston Martin. Yeah, please. and it's just like Aston Martin, Ford, Range Rover, yeah. all parts up, and it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Not one of those were dinosaur proof, though. So, mm. and there's no dinosaurs in Casino Royale. Much that's why it's not as good as Jurassic Park. Hebrew recommendation. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so my I guess like first question is, um, I, I, I want to go like, what's the motivation? But like, why why a Jurassic Park Jeep? Why the Jurassic Park Jeep? I guess there's a number of kind of draws to that idea. So um, Australia never actually got that particular model of Jeep. So I thought you meant the Jurassic Park Jeep for a second. Then I was like, I realized what you mean. Yes, you that. could buy them from the dealership, spec'd up <laughs> Jurassic Park. In sand beige. In sand beige. <laughs> Great. Metallic sand mm. beige. Mm. Every girl's dream. Mm. So <laughs> um, I think kind of the draw for it for me was... Um, they were really hard to find. So we've got a... So wait, did, did, did they exist in Australia? <laughs> no, when, not at when, all. Okay, so you imported it? Uh, I found it from somebody that had imported it in right. the early 2000s. Okay. So we had what they called the CJ series Jeeps, which were manufactured up until kind of the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So they were the CJ like five, seven, nine, whatever. I don't, not too versed in those. <laughs> don't care about those ones. Yeah. And mm. then uh, Australia took a break from importing Jeeps for a period of time. And then the TJ Wrangler kind of showed up from 1996 onwards. So that's kind of the older style Jeep Wrangler that you would see in Australia with the circle headlights on it. So it's kind of the first one that most people became really exposed to in the Southern Hemisphere. It's the classic Jeep for our generation. Yeah, for our generation, yeah. That to me is like what I picture as a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. I usually just picture like a cloudish theme to the side of the road. That's a reliability joke, folks, because oh. Jeeps are notoriously... I'll see myself out. Right. <laughs> this podcast has very, very specific notes it's got to hit, apparently. Yeah. Not brought to you by Fiat Chrysler. <laughs> so there was this lovely period of time my between thoughts. those... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've already mentioned how good the, the territory, the Wrangler and the Explorer was. Have you oh, heard about how good the safety is in a Volvo? Mate, I, we've already mentioned that AU Falcons could do over a million K. <laughs> so, not that they're making those anymore. They should, though. There should be a uh, resurrection of the AU Falcon. I think there'd be a lot of people that would be behind us. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I was going to say, let's not talk about that, but that would get us quite a lot of hits if that was what our podcast was about, because it's got a weird dialogue. If that was our platform, (laughs) AU Falcon fandom. Yes. They were ahead of their time. That was the only reason why they failed. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Jeep Wranglers. (laughs) 
So there was this magical period of time from 1989 to early 1996 where the YJ Wrangler existed. Mm -hmm. But it only existed in essentially the Northern Hemisphere. Okay. Um, There's a few more of them in New Zealand for whatever reason. They started bringing them in around the like 1993, 1994 era. A few of them got into the country and then they kind of scrapped the idea and then they waited for the TJ as well like everybody else. So I don't know if there was an issue with taxes at the time. I don't know why people chose to not bring that particular Jeep into the Southern Hemisphere, but anyway, they are scarce. So you took it on as a project of like, this is going to make my life difficult. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Because well, at I the end of the, the day, Kingswood I wanted before. to be able to come home and crack a rogue dreamland and be <laughs> satisfied really do feel with like my achievement. <laughs> my TJ Wrangler. <laughs> no, so um, I enjoy... Uh, unnecessarily tedious things. I think it's the easiest way to put it. Is like, this why I'm we're the, hanging out? I'm the kind of guy that would get uh, excited about the prospect of uh, sitting on the couch and untangling a box of Christmas lights. That's very specific. I but, have, but I understand it. I have Jordan, one you would game. love marijuana. I have one game on my phone. One game. And all that game is, is there's five ropes that oh are God. tangled up. I've been seeing that advertised recently. And you untangle the ropes. That Wow. That's all I have. And all it's, right. it's all I need. It's magical. I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy for you to have found that thing that hits that part of your brain. And you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got that in car form as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just so slowly untangling ropes. Actually, when I've had the, enough the, of playing with my phone, I go and I work on a car. On a wiring loom. On a wiring loom for a car. D- d- that, cu- that has been a large part of it. So That's been an extensive mm-hmm. amount of work. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think there was just... Uh, it was the perfect combination of being able to pay tribute to a film that I absolutely love mm-hmm. and undertake a project... Uh, that required a significant amount of effort working on something that nobody in the country really has any expertise on. Well, I, I understand that right. as well. And there's like that level of minutiae that which it is really appealing. It's like when you do a job and like you do it and you're like, it's done. And you're like, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to not just finish the job, but I'm going to like hardcore capital F finish this job. Mm. It's going to be like down to the letter. It's like occasionally I make a spreadsheet at work. And I'm like, I can, I can just make this work where I can just manually enter this one number and it will change everything. Or, and yes. I'm not Obviously I'm not a you programmer. spend four days on the formulas. Obviously Correct. you spend four days on the formulas so that for the hour and a half that you eventually use the spreadsheet across the next year, you look more impressive to the other two people that use it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you feel like a... Because that highlighted yellow cell over in like yeah. AA4 populated itself. Yeah. 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 And you feel King like Dick. a genius. <laughs> but obviously, it was a massive waste of company time. Please do not listen to this, Brian. Yeah. Manager, Brian. Yeah, no. Um, but bef- before you move on, have you worked on cars before in terms of like DIY project cars and stuff like uh, that? Previously to owning the Jeep, I had a uh, 1968 Holden Kingswood. Okay. So I started working on that one when I was 16. That took me about three years to get it on the road. But. I was very, very poor while I did that. Mm-hmm. So just working a mm. casual job and the part that you bought that weekend to put in the car mm-hmm. was largely dependent on how many shifts you had during that week. Right. Okay. I guess that is also quite, it's, not, it's like you're 16, so you couldn't go to the pub anyway, but I mean, 
wink, wink. Like when you're 16, you want to go out and do things. It's like, no, I haven't got any money, but I do have an eight hour job ahead of me putting the part in the car. So, you know, I've got that instead, I guess. It yeah, the time. Well, I mean, there was in the, in the boot of the car, the spare wheel would go inside the boot standing upright. And so they had built this magical what? wheel well that <laughs> okay. extended probably 15 centimeters oh. below the rest of the the base of the ute where you would tuck this wheel yep. in so yep. that it would be on the side and take up as least space as possible in the worst form that you can try uh-huh. and create space. <laughs> I love this. Old car design in some ways is so much superior because like the lines and stuff, I think it's so much more beautiful. I think yeah, there's but, something about older some cars. some of them are the size of a boat. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> also appealing. They wanted to stand the wheels upright. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But that's it. Like the other, <laughs> the other side you? of design just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. With like aerodynamics on old cars is like they're built like bricks. Yeah, there's no aerodynamicism. I had that. a ruler and a pencil, and I built. A, <laughs> I designed a car with that. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone seen my uh, protractor? It's like no. Well, no curved lines on this one then. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you got it welding. <laughs> <laughs> so the main design flaw of that particular car was there is a uh, holding a... badge. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. That's an Australian joke. Yeah, you get deported for that kind of statement. <laughs> no, they don't even exist anymore. Yeah, true. <laughs> No one's left to sue you now. <laughs> I said what I like about them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the new Holden Slander podcast. <laughs> we really have become very pro Ford. <laughs> well, as a Ford owner, <laughs> not going to do this. So down the lip of the, uh, the, the trunk would shut in a channel and the rubber seal that went around the boot would kind of sit into this perfect groove that was exactly the dimensions of the rubber like it was a beautiful piece of engineering but uh, i don't know i guess it just didn't factor in the weather properly Mm. and there was this (laughs) tiny little flat that would occur and so as it would rain the water would come down and most of it would come out but a small little pool of it would manage to sit just on this tiny little flat spot which was directly over a spot weld so over 40 years of that car existing it would slowly rust through the spot weld and Mm -hmm. then once it had managed to make its way through that it would just fill the entire channel underneath where the spare wheel would sit oh cool great so you've got this beautiful kind of i know 30 centimeters by about 10 centimeters looking down from the top of it and then it's probably about 10 to 15 centimeters deep and that would just fill up with water <laughs> and you you would have no idea because you were i don't know like 4 or 5 meters away from it sitting in the driver's seat you couldn't hear it sloshing around while you were driving and if you had no Probably need banging some tunes while you yeah. while you're cruising around on your am radio I, I yeah. say eight track <laughs> yeah. your single speaker am radio yeah but until you pulled out that spare tire you would have no idea that up until the rim point it was full of water and had been for years and years. So that would Tires all just frogs entirely mm. rot away. Yeah. Right. So as a 16-year-old kid, you had a choice of, do I spend $120 on a piece of steel that's been uh, bent and manufactured to be able to replace that entire section buy myself an angle grinder, buy myself a welder and put all of that in? Uh-huh. Or do I go and buy a $15 fiberglass kit? fill the hole in so that there's no longer a visible hole from underneath yep. paint tar on it so it looks like it was metal and call it a day and How, w- yeah. when your budget is limited <laughs> yep <laughs> we and, all know what choice and we're you're making a teenager and, you and don't you're a know teenager that doesn't know anything about car restoration <laughs> or the fact that they do roadworthies with magnets 
Oh, oh no. Then you're always going to go down the fiberglass path. Yeah. So anyway, that car served me for probably... Um, I had it as my daily driver from probably 19 to 21 before I bought what I would call like my my first car that was really my second car. I'd love if you'd said from 19 to about... 19 no. and a half. <laughs> it was mostly fiberglass. It was yeah. fucked. I shouldn't have used yeah. asbestos. The only time I ever filled the entire tank was uh, when I would have turned uh, 20 and I just got my tax return. <laughs> nice. Because it was a 75 litre tank. Fuck oh, off. Wow. And it was at that beautiful period in Australian history when petrol had spiked at about uh, hundred. Oh, I was going to say 170 cents, a dollar seventy. Yep. For the people that understand the decimal system. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's not you Americans. <laughs> yeah. If there's anybody that One listens pound. to this in America, <laughs> 170 cents. Hang on. That's equivalent to one pound, four shillings, six pence and eight. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, curiously, have you ever seen petrol advertised in America is always three... Dollars forty nine cents and nine tenths of a cent. Yeah, as well. it's There's ridiculous. a fraction yes. at the end of it. Yeah. Like, don't use discount gas. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so you had the Kingswood. I had the Kingswood, and that had an, a, a leaded engine in it as well. So you couldn't just oh, put yeah. in normal petrol. You had to put right. in the ninety eight octane petrol, yeah. and then still squirt in this additive. extra additive. So mm, delicious lead. Yeah, <laughs> the 75-litre tank, I think. Sounds I, like a real green machine. Yeah, just oh. dump a pencil in there. I there were know. daisies blowing out the exhaust pipe as I drove around. <laughs> no, that's just all the fumes you were just hallucinating. But yeah, that was about $160 to fill that up, and I think I got to Bendigo and back. Wow. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just having minor chest pains thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, but the great segue is the amount of dinosaurs that I had to burn to do that drive. There you go. <laughs> and we're back on topic. And we're back nice. on topic. So, so why is it you love Jurassic Park so much? See, that was a really roundabout segue. I loved it. Yeah, well, we got there. Yeah. Um, for me, why that movie is so amazing but, is not the, just because, because you said dinosaurs. That that's, that's the reason you went for this because, like, not only did you want to cause yourself untold arsake, but also you yeah, love, love Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. yeah. And like, as much as I do love dinosaurs or let's be real I, I love the concept of dinosaurs if they actually existed i would be shit scared of them like i won't go in the ocean past my nipples oh great yeah no i won't you go in the ocean you australia it's terrifying. we're not supposed to be there no yeah. no 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 no. <laughs> that is the home of fierce predators yeah oh, and you don't go in there unless you have to you guys would love the north sea in england there's nothing in there it's all dead because of petroleum runoff mm -hmm. and it's freezing that seems yeah. fine that's, that's yeah. why i love new zealand there's basically nothing that will kill you it's brilliant yeah, yeah. Just Kiwis. The bird or the people? Collaborative. <laughs> Sorry. We're together. <laughs> me, a flightless bird, and me, a mild-mannered New Zealand Look, man. if you had some kind of Kiwi also launcher. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good distinction. Anyway, so you love... I, I have checked. Anyway. <laughs> Trying might be the last time you get to. <laughs> but it's like immortality. There's only one way to find out if you are. Yeah. Mm. So you love dinosaurs. I, I love the concept of dinosaurs. I love the concept of dinosaurs. Yeah. But I think really for me, it's just this perfect blend of like the early to mid 90s was this magical period in time where we hadn't yet let computers take over. Mm. And so there was still this uh, incredible drive in both Hollywood and the rest of the world to be able to uh, solve 
problems in an analog way. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why... Both work for tech companies, both just scowling at well, you. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> you're talking about like practical effects versus CG kind of stuff. Well, not even just at a film level, just in general, the right. world was still solving problems mechanically. Mm. So, I mean, like I, I, I work in IT, like I'm yeah, in charge of hardware and hardware related assets like that is my life but like, anyone else think propane and propane accessories then? immediately <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't something that needed clarification okay good <laughs> i went there i went there um but so i mean one of the reasons why i think jurassic park as a film has stood up so well and i mean as someone that's only watched it just recently the cgi in it when you look at it and you look at how the humans interacted with the dinosaurs mm. like it it's phenomenal yeah but also like most of the scenes are practical. Like yeah. they've done animatronics. Yeah. And there's like a couple of bits. There's which a couple of bits that uses CG. But they've even now, like I looked at it and I was like, yeah, they've they've hid that pretty well. Hmm. It doesn't stand yeah. out as like, oh, that's some early nineties CG and yeah. I can spot that. But it's the difference between being ever so slightly ropier CG and being hmm. like, oh, that's badly computer generated, like in some of the like episode one and two of star wars and you're like well that's yeah. exactly yeah. where i was going Looks, yeah. so i mean that's six years later so you wow, got what, is that it 1999 yeah. for phantom menace yeah i think oh, it, it is, is yeah so jurassic park's 1993 phantom menace is 1999 and you look at the comparison of those two films and both of them are equally as uh fantastic as each other mm. so one is set in this incredible space-based universe that uh, may or may not exist. It did a long time ago. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> but uh, there's um, like sentient beings and like buildings and organics and all of these things that you see in the Star Wars world, and you look at it and you know from a viewer that like that doesn't look fake or realistic. I'm not sucked into that world. Like mm. I'm watching this for the story, but I don't feel like I'm part of the world. Emotions pour. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. when you watch Jurassic Park, because so much of that film was done mechanically, like they built mm. that T-Rex. They, those raptors were people in suits. Like everything feels so much more real and carries a level of excitement and terror that later films that relied on CGI uh, don't have mm. because it was real. Yeah. And the T-Rex it existed. It wasn't a dinosaur, but as a, a prop and something that the actors had to play off and work with, it it existed as a fierce predator. Yep. And the raptors did as well and a few other things that were in the films. And so I think it's just when you take the time to uh, spend, I guess, like the precious hours that you have on Earth dedicated to working on a project where you're able to build something from the ground up with your hands at a kind of physical level, when you can step back and observe that product as a functional and finished thing, there's a level of satisfaction that I don't think exists when you uh, design something on a computer or publish a piece of software. So... Like one of the units that I did at university was 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. And so we had to build a scene of kind of uh, take a photo of something now replicated on the computer. Yeah. And uh, I spent hours and hours trying to get the textures right. And I rebuilt a like 1960s radiogram. So mm-hmm. like a old 
uh, veneered piece of furniture with a hidden record player in it. And so okay. you could you could grab the lid and you could pull it down and the turntable would slide out and like everything was done meticulously. Like I spent months and months and months working on this thing. Um, you submit the assignment, you get a P, HD, D, whatever it is that the teacher felt that that piece of design yeah. was worth. And then over time, you get a new computer and you just go, fuck it, I don't need that file anymore. And it goes in the bin and it's gone. Yeah. Like you don't do that when you sink months and months and months into. Uh, yeah. If you'd spend that same amount of time building something like that from wood and parts. Yeah. That would never leave you. Well, I think like there's a core there of similarity, but the idea of like doing something with like physical materials mm. is definitely more tangible. In, in that way yeah you know like I've, I've built PCs for a number of years and yeah. th- there is that satisfaction the to, hardware build is so much more satisfying yeah. than loading windows at the end of it yeah well there is still that that catharsis of like oh it worked or Linux yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah like it's when you can like look physically look at the thing you built you could touch it yeah there s- it is and you know how all the systems in it work yeah um, th- there's a different kind of satisfaction to that for sure. Mm. And there's a beautiful, I know for want of a better term, dick swingingness that comes with it of being able to just kind of showcase your achievements and be somewhat of an expert in that thing that you've just dedicated all of this time to. Mm. Like there are at best guess. So I started the Facebook group uh, to try and attract the other people in Australia that might have the same model Jeep that I've acquired. Yeah. There's eight of us. Yep. So there's eight people in all of Australia that have these personally imported cars mm-hmm. and they're all in different states of repair kind of thing. And mine is further and along. Geographically. And geographically. Mine's further along than most other people's. And so um, there's this... Uh, there's, a, there's a minor narcissism to yeah. enjoying it. I don't think that's necessarily misplaced either. I think narcissism gets a bad rep. But well, I, like, I, you know. I think it's the thing of like, you've put all this time into it, you care about it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing for that effort to be recognized, both in terms of uh, one group of people looking at it and going, holy shit, you've built a perfect replica of a mm. Jurassic Park Jeep. Yeah. There are other people that so, don't give a shit about Jurassic Park looking mm. at it and going, where did you find a YJ Wrangler? <laughs> yeah. But also, how did you solve this problem? To kind of like reframe that that part of like you know, the, the the sort of deck swinging kind of bravado about it it's like it's pride you know you've you've done this thing that you're proud of yeah because you care about it right yeah and it's not necessarily why you get into that project in the beginning it's just like mm. i really want to sink my teeth into a project this sounds like an amazing one mm-hmm. i'm all in i'm on board i'm going to get it done yeah but as you go and you have to solve all of these problems along the way you get more and more uh, knowledge mm-hmm. on this exceptionally niche thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is satisfying to you. That like, is very, very satisfying is, to me, but I'm only of help to seven other Australians. Yes. Right? <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's kind of speaking to like the difference between internal and external motivation, right? Yeah. Because you wanted to do it. Yeah. And now you've done, you're, you're like working on it, but that is what's giving you kind of that, that pride. Yeah, like I in no way rely on or am hoping for someone to contact me one day and be like, mm. oh, hey, how did you solve this problem with the uh, dual like parking yeah. headlight switch yeah, kind yeah. of thing? But you're there. But if I'm, somebody but comes I'm, up. If you're out there. <laughs> You've got this particular <laughs> yes. model of Jeep. <laughs> I'm here. Uh-huh. But um, 
But if it comes up, great. But mm. otherwise, I got to spend two days of my life working out how to solve this problem. Mm. It's exceptionally satisfying to me that I did. Yeah. And um, that Jeep in itself kind of also represents that beautiful period of time as well. Because mm. this was the last model of Jeep and kind of the last era of cars mm-hmm. before computers started going into cars. Right. So all of the electronics, everything mechanical inside it, like none of it goes back to a computer. Like right. it's not, it's oh, like okay. Two ends of a wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them up. You yeah. need to ground that and that needs power. Mm-hmm. And then when you flick that switch, the two things will work. It's right. no longer, I'm going to run every wire to the computer and make sure that the inputs and outputs are good. And if something goes wrong, I'll just reset it. Like, yeah. Everything in there has a place and has to be connected in a very specific way. And if you manage to complete the mm-hmm. puzzle, yeah. you've got a car that might get a roadworthy. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. What, 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 so what's been what's been the shittiest bit to have to do? Because it sounded like when we were talking about before, like the wiring loom was a bitch. Because it was, it was just one of the things where it's like, do this thing and then replicate it 60 times. Yeah. Well, it was never designed for the export market i think that might Mm. be one of the problems and one of the reasons why it didn't really take off Mm -hmm. so different countries obviously have different rules to america Mm -hmm. yeah which is uh, easy to see and understand if you just (laughs) take a look at the world as a whole quite so yeah but um the easiest one for everyone to kind of get their head around they might have seen it before in america uh, a tail light on a car can just be all red Yes, you're right. talking about so this. So you turn the headlights on, it's dull red. You put your foot on the brake, it's bright red. Sure. And if you put the indicator on, it flashes red. Like oh, it the, does yeah, all those, three things. Right. In Australia, that is not allowed. You have to have a separate yeah. indicator. So yeah. you have to have a parking light, you have to have a tail light, you have to have an indicator, and each yeah. of those need to either be red or amber or mm-hmm. white, depending on what their function is. Yeah. So... Just getting the wiring right in the car was a huge pain. So first and foremost, I guess, the car's been converted from left-hand drive to right-hand drive. You like you say that like it's nothing. Well, I didn't get, I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Which is great. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. I was, was yeah, going to yeah. say was, like because when he told me that, that I was like, <laughs> there's, there's eight people in this country that understand this car and can help you with that. Yeah, and, and I've mirrored about, mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, well, of the eight that exist, I think four of them are right. mirrored. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know who did the work or why they chose to do it. But mm. mine is one that's been converted to right-hand drive. So, the tricky thing about it is that traditionally the fuse box would be on the left-hand side where all of the yep. pedals and the steering wheel would yep. be. When they converted mine to right-hand drive, they never went and tracked down a right-hand drive version of the wiring loom. They left everything where it was Mm -hmm. and just extended everything. But the people that owned it before me didn't try and do it the right way. And uh, rather than taking everything back to the fuse box, they welded a single bolt to the back of the firewall and used that as ground. And so every single wire that they had, they just wrapped around a bolt on the back of the firewall. Now they call it Elliot Spirit wiring. I was going to say I've never I've never done any kind of work along these lines, but that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, incompetent and dangerous. Yeah. I think are probably the best two adjectives. <laughs> okay. okay. To Again, describe it. Very Elliot mean. Spirit yeah. Work. Yeah. It's it's akin to the people that replace fuses with bullets. I saw a picture of someone today. So it turns out the heat that comes through it is not enough to ignite the gunpowder, but it is still a terrible idea. But why would? Okay. 
we're going to talk about this off air because that is uncomfortable. Because <laughs> hillbilly yeah. engineering. Use the casing people. Yeah. Don't use a live round. It's easy round. to pull yeah. the round out. Yeah. All right. Well, asked and answered, I guess. Anyway. And also, <laughs> if it's stupid and it works, it's not that stupid. <laughs> it's slightly. It's the answer to no, half the people <laughs> dying in the world slightly, and stupid accidents. Slightly less stupid. It's still oh. some amount of stupid. Anyway. Yes, I, w- I will give you that. Yeah. So the, the conversion and the wiring was was the shittiest bit. Yeah, so had to strip everything out that the previous owners had done because it was exceptionally dangerous mm-hmm. and half of the things in the car didn't work. So there was no, um, like, they had disconnected the ignition barrel that was in the steering column mm-hmm. and they had moved it to an entirely separate ignition, just drilled a hole in the dash and put a new barrel in just because they knew how that one worked. Right, okay. Um, there so was so no, they're not sticking, like, true to form of no, the... No, not at all. Yeah. For them, it was just, we've moved the pedals and the wheel to the other side. We want to get it working. We just want to get it working. Yeah. So uh, the heater didn't work in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the ignition in the steering column didn't work in any way. Only one speed of the windscreen wipers worked. And the tail right. lights were still in the American standard. So nothing right. was meant to operate over three different colors in three different ways. Yeah. So um, I sourced all the parts I needed to put everything back as original as it could be. So mm-hmm. put the ignition barrel back into the ignition, make sure that the windscreen wipers had both a slow and fast mm-hmm. speed because sometimes rain itself is fast. Yeah. Um, wanted to have a stereo, wanted to have a heater. You actually need a heater to get a roadworthy. Do you? Um, yeah. Huh. You have to be able to... Uh, de-mist. You can't de-mist. just be like, I've got a blanket. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's the windscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A rag hanging from the rearview mirror does not constitute <laughs> okay. a demister. Yeah, but if you put it on a bungee cord, it's always there. <laughs> Bing, and there you go. I think the I loophole might be if you, <laughs> if you electrified... The rag? The rag. <laughs> because I think the wording in, like, there's a huge, huge document called the ADR, which is the Australian Design Rules for Auto Vehicles. Can I just say that sounds like a fucking thrilling read? I was going to say, I've got no reason to look at it. No. The, the first book or volume of it is just the index so that Goodness. you know where to go looking for the other things. So it's mostly meant for manufacturers that are trying to it's export a, yeah, cars to Australia. Yeah, it's a portable library. Yeah. But if you want to find out, okay, I've got this vehicle that I've imported from another country. What do I need to do to make it functional in Australia? You have to refer to the ADR so you know right. what the standard is that you're yeah. trying to actually match. It's like a building mm. code. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. And so I think as far as the demister goes, it just states that it has to be able to... Um, like Demist? Underpower. Oh. So, like, it. I don't know if it makes reference to... Um, a fan or the ferocity of the fan that needs to be there, you could probably find someone that if you argued the point, you might be able to just put a positive and negative wire and a smoke detector battery on a cloth and claim that that's... <laughs> I don't know. You breathe I've not read hard, that section. Yeah, you mostly, breathe on it hard enough and then it's like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I just kind of decided that it might be nice to be warm. So I put a heater in <laughs> and it served the purpose of also huh. demisting God, the you always want basic human rights. Yeah. Um, I'm this possibly. does remind me of a friend of mine that once posted a picture of his MOT, which is our oh, roadworthy in the UK. MOT came back and it's like he failed on his horn. And um, it said because um, horn is either non-functional or is a klaxon or gong. And I was like, <laughs> non-functional? I can understand how that happened. Klaxon? 
yeah, if you've swapped it out for a klaxon, that's quite funny and also golf. legal in the US. But like, imagine, yeah, it's leaning out the front. And you're like, yeah, or it's like, mounted on the roof and yeah. you lean out and just hit it. They'd fucking hear you coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sweet. in some states in America, it's totally fine for you to just use hand signals. <laughs> well, I'd like it's on older cars in the UK. You don't need seatbelts. Yeah. Because they came out before seatbelts. In, wow. uh, in my old Kingswood, legally, I didn't have to have doors. <laughs> well, funnily enough, in the UK, if you if you have a windscreen, it can't have a chip or crack, but you don't need a windscreen. Yeah, that's the loophole. <laughs> so God, just stupid. kick it out. Yeah. You, say, you say loophole like it's something you want to do. Well, I mean... Yeah, you never know. <laughs> what are you up to? Having a car with a windscreen. That's For now. <laughs> yeah. like, this rich guy. <laughs> it came like that. <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair, I think it was either my stepdad or Ray Fiennes. I know that's Ranulph Fiennes. <laughs> oh, Ray Fiennes. Ranulph Fiennes. I know uh, because I think it happened to both of them. At one point, Ranulph right. Fiennes said he was driving um, when he was in the army and the windscreen cracked in his car. So he just kicked it out while he was driving. Yeah. Just leant back and just like kicked it out. Yeah. And I think my stepdad said he got a big stone hit his minivan once. So he just like... Did like, the same thing? I've got quite a way to go. Punched it out and pulled it into the, into the car. What? <laughs> it's very important to know what kind of windscreen you have. Ah, uh, Yes. I recently learned this on the Jeep. <laughs> okay. So there's some, uh, the whole front windscreen on the Jeep can fold down and just go flat and it rests yeah, on the bonnet. Yeah, of course. So it's just like the ultimate air conditioning system. Yeah. Um, I don't know, an air conditioning system is also pretty good, but carry on. <laughs> I guess. It's an open top Jeep. What do you want? <laughs> Look, you want a heater. You didn't by ask by definition, for the an actual air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no conditioning if you've got the windscreen. <laughs> so. Um, the bolts on that hadn't been touched for years and years and they were they were in there good and proper and I uh, put the socket wrench in and was going for it and it slipped out and the metal handle hit the windscreen and cracked it. So, I mean, there's only eight pieces of that bit of glass in the country, so that was disappointing uh, in itself. Yeah. But knowing that that had to come out, I just kind of thought, you know what, I've seen this in movies, I'm just going to kick the shit out of this and just push it out surely yeah, it will just out. be like hollywood and it will come out in one piece it's a piece of laminated glass yeah. yeah it turns out that that particular piece of glass was not safety glass so this had gone in mm-hmm. in 1993 where they hadn't invented that magical glass that crumbles mm-hmm. and i had my work boot on and i kicked it and just huge like lethal shards of like pointed triangles of glass like mm-hmm. come raining off this windscreen. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just kind of turned out that I'm lucky that I broke that because if I had ever been involved in an accident... You'd have been cut to ribbons. Ribbons. You would have been dead, Gone. dead either way. It would have been way. the end of me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know that my wife is going to listen to this podcast later on and she's going to hear that story and nod her head all the way through it and just be like, yep, yeah, that was just... That was meant to happen. Yeah. It would have killed him. He would have died. I don't care that it cost $400. Yeah. Wow. It was $400 to get a new windscreen. Did you have to go and like That's not the price f- find someone to custom make it? Or yeah, they have to cut it. Yeah. It's lucky because- Did you get safety glass though? Oh, yeah. Thank Christ. You are- I don't think they're allowed to get That's a really good safety point. glass Yeah, yeah they're not making out of pint glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Can I have a piece of three mil window pane put in here, please? (laughs) Is it for a greenhouse, sir? Yes. Yes. Can you make it specifically this shape? (laughs) I'm building a greenhouse out of an old Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, so with that, like, what's 
I mean, there's a little way to go yet. I know you've done the sanding and the filling mm-hmm. and the more sanding and the more filling and the more sanding and the more filling and the more mm-hmm. sanding and the more filling. And then you've got to paint and there's the door cards and pockets to put in and there's um, otherwise all kind of fairly good to go. What's the plan with the car once it's done apart from, you know, ferrying yourself to Bender going back? I don't really have a plan. Uh be the, this is, be the most interesting man at a car show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the first time that I've got myself into a project that kind of had no purpose. But you, you have told me before that, like, I have a lot of there are interesting no... ideas of what I can do with it, mm-hmm. but We've the said... reason for the project was never to fulfill any of the possibilities that yeah. exist. Right. You said there's obviously there's no specific Jurassic Park replica jeeps of the is it EJ? What was it? What was it? Uh, the YJ. YJ, excuse me. EJ is a probably a Falcon of some kind. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, so there's um it's a real ford ambassador yeah, over here. Yeah, i don't know why this has happened um so yeah you said there's no yj falcon jurassic park replicas in australia YJ falcon? Falcon. oh for the love of <laughs> balls there ain't none of them jeeps in YJ here yj wrangler there's no none y- of the other seven people that own yjs have yet turned them into jurassic park cars there and are jurassic park cars in australia yes and but- they get brought in for shows when they do like jurassic park things right yeah so a couple of the people that have made them have made them from later model jeeps and have just Palestines, dressed please. them up as best they can bastards just not the same just mm. not the same. Uh, one guy... His who... Jeep is a painted whore! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> I was not ready. It clips really hard. I'm really yeah. sorry. Man, that compressor's going to do its work. If there was going to be any clipping going on tonight, that was... That was mm, it? Yeah. Yeah. A glorious use of that. <laughs> um, sorry, so yeah. Yeah, so there's one guy that spent a lot of time... The main thing that differentiates the YJ from the TJ from it exterior perspective is the headlights so on the tj they're circles on the yjs it was the one year that jeep decided that they're going to do rectangle lights okay so people spent a lot of time kind of like fiberglass building a lot of people just absolutely despise the yj or see it as the the bastard son Mm -hmm. of the jeep world because it had those square headlights for that brief period of time okay so one of the people who has the tj jeep has spent a lot of time having a custom grill manufactured to be able to accept the headlights of the YJ. And so his now cosmetically from the outside looks bang on, uh, but is still entirely the wrong model. of Fair the enough. But he's done a very good job at kind of... Um, making a facsimile yeah dressing it mm. up and mm. making it look as good as they possibly could so there oh, are a few boy. other people that own yjs that are working towards turning them into jurassic park jeeps but have not really kicked off the process in earnest and mm-hmm. you know it's not a race but if it was you'd be winning yeah exactly yeah but, and, also, which is what but also winning the best because it's the most true to form it sounds yeah. like uh, i so i've we we've talked quite a bit at length about this project and that some of the level of detail mike is um i don't want to use the word disgusting but um heinous criminal mm. it's like <laughs> things like the door pockets and stuff like that as, as someone like, who obsesses over things that i should not obsess over you'd love i feel it. like i can appreciate you'd that really love yeah it. the colors have been the hardest part yeah i'll bet so the uh the door card the car's only got two doors and Getting them how they're meant to look has mm-hmm. been the hardest challenge of almost this whole thing because it's not something that you can just go out and solve. So, I mean, the wiring loom for 
as extensive and time-consuming and shit as it was as a process, it was a very easy process. Like, you just sat there and you cut the wire, you spliced in the wire, you sold it, yeah, and you were done. It's, it's next, just tedious. Next, next. Well, and also, no one's going around being like, this wiring isn't movie accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see here that your brown and white-striped wire transitions into an only brown wire like where is the white stripe on the yeah. length and section no uh, one cares I really about got that. fire for that blunder yeah. <laughs> no one cares about that but they do care that you've gone to bunnings and just used uh forest green paint as opposed green to green that you eyeballed rather than the correct shade of green mm. so um now are you going to the links of like emailing the movie studio to be like now what color was that? not the movie studio but it's been a process right so, the interior colors were never... Um, Documented? Like, yeah, well, generally, on the VIN number of a vehicle, part of the numbers that exist in that VIN number tell you what the exterior color was, what the interior styling was, mm-hmm. um, and a few other little bits and pieces. Your color scheme on the car, uh, it might say that you had, say, the Sahara Style Pack, but it doesn't say that the Sahara Style Pack means that this is your PPG paint codes right. for the yeah. outside, the insides, and whatever. Mm. So someone in the US took the door panel that they had that they had found a really, really good version of, and they went to Home Depot and had it mm-hmm. scanned so that they could replicate the color green that was mm-hmm. on the door card. There's a whole forum of people on the internet that are doing these builds, and so I there believe are, you. Yeah, <laughs> a pretty exceptional the, resource. I've seen the internet. Um, but so they have on. Um, I was just blessing him. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, there, they've got a, a reference list where you can go and you can look up. This is the exterior color. This is the this. This is the right. that. But it's but, all reverse engineered. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The exterior colors were known because mm. you could buy a Jeep off the line that was in this color. Yeah. For the movie, they so just put bad. the red stripes on it. Mm-hmm. So what there is no documentation of is what was the shade of green on the inside? How did they mix that? Because it's not a normal color that you would bother going to the right. shop to buy. Yeah. And most likely it was a dye that went into plastic rather than something that was sprayed onto the top yeah. at mm. the end to finish it off. So... They took this panel to Home Depot, they got it scanned, and then they came up and were basically like, here, everyone, I've done the hard work, I bought the panel, I've scanned the panel, here's the formula for you to go to your Home Depot and say, can you make me the right color green? Mm -hmm. You cannot take that shit to Bunnings. It does not work. So... (laughs) It's not like a Pantone chip. No. Yeah, yeah, no. The, The company that they've used in the color schema or whatever is very... American specific and it's right. all measured in ounces. Yeah. And because it's America, it uses some pretty wild chemical compounds that you just can't use mm. in Australia to make Australian paint. Right. It's uh, three shots of lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Fired from a gun. And a good dash yeah. of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and um you you can't go into any store in Australia and say, Here's the code, can you make me this yeah. paint? They just can't do Here, it. Here's a recipe, whip it up, please. Yeah. 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 So I did the whatever research I could. The paint company that they're using in the States is Sherwin Williams. Here in Australia, Sherwin Williams doesn't exist, but they own Wattle. Oh. So I just thought, fair enough, I'll just go to the Wattle store and mm-hmm. I'll say, Look, here's this Sherwin Williams code. Surely you paint wizards have the ability to just transcode this into that and sell me the green. <laughs> of and course. 
No. No. Doesn't happen. Doesn't mm. work like that. They're saying, oh, we can't use this color and, and this and this and we can't match that. That code makes no sense here because it's yeah. ounces and it's lead and it's yeah, cancer. Yeah, yeah. So I've ended up having to find someone in the States that had a bucket of this paint. They've then had to paint a piece of paper, a piece of plastic and a piece of metal. Uh-huh. Then they've put that in an envelope. Yep. They've sent that over to me, yep. and then I have to take those chips, uh-huh. take them to my Bunnings. Does that get you in trouble with customs in some way? Well, <laughs> I, I didn't declare it. I mean, what do you put Great. on there? Paint, paint chips, <laughs> leaded paint chips. Stuff that you the less can't... they know, the better. Yeah, the stuff that you're not allowed to make yeah. inside. Yeah. Of Australia. But I mean, you also just don't want to write green on the envelope because I mean no. that's probably not going <laughs> to help you out either. Colored paper. Yeah. This is a, oh. this is an envelope of green, which I mean. Is not a lie, but it's not yep. going to help you with customs. No, you get so, a lot of sniffer dogs. Yeah, yeah, you get your three green and paint poor dogs chips. Get cancer. Hmm. They scan those here. You have to then have a look at them on the computer screen and say, of those three, did the paper, the plastic, or the metal carry the color into the country the best? And then it's and a then whole problem go, of like color reproduction on a digital screen. So then you go, okay, well, I think I'm happiest with that one or that one or that one you get all your little test pots you go and mm-hmm. paint it and then you go back and you say okay the plastic worked the best make me a liter of plastic and then you paint that on the doors right. so just finding the right color green to put on these doors has yeah. had all of these unnecessary it's like steps three levels of reverse engineering that you've gone through it sounds like yeah and at the end of the day there's what eight of us that give a shit so yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh there's something about that i just love though it's like such a small group of people that care so much about something that, oh. in the grand scheme, matters fuck all. No. <laughs> no. But like, it matters to you. It matters to me. Yeah. And every time I get in there and I shut the door and I look at that door, mm. I go, fuck yeah. Look at all the work I look did. Look at all the work I did. <laughs> no one knows what I had to go through to make that door green. You need to like... No one cares. When you finish it, you need to make like a small pamphlet, which is like, here's everything... That went into it's this. not going to be a small pamphlet. No, well, but I mean, at the like, end of the day, just, just the surface level stuff, and then if they want it more, you're like, great, here's the book. <laughs> listen, <laughs> please to this sit down to my TED talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, the fun part about it is really that at the end of the day, not not a lot of people give a shit. Mm. Like, it's funny to have this project that <laughs> you want. <laughs> that that like, should be the motto of this podcast. <laughs> Not a lot of people give a shit, but it's fun. <laughs> That's the fun bit about it. Nobody else gives a fuck. Yeah. Like, we have a good time. Yeah. Like, you're building this thing and spending so much time and effort and just injecting everything that you, like, are and everything that you have and, like, a significant amount of financial resources mm-hmm. into this vehicle mm-hmm. that some people are going to look at on the outside and go, hey, cool, a Jurassic Park Jeep. Whether it's the right Jurassic Park Jeep or any car that's mm-hmm. been painted a vaguely similar color with the Jurassic Park logo on it, you're going to satisfy 95% of the people that will get a thrill from seeing the Jurassic Park logo on a car. Mm-hmm. 100%. Then you get that 5% of people that are going to be excited that it's a Wrangler. Then of that 5%, there's going to be an even smaller amount that are going to be excited that it's a YJ. And the- then in there, there's going to be an even smaller amount of yeah, people. Yeah, all the different Venn diagrams yeah. that cross over and that bit in the middle. Yeah, and then at the end that's of the day, like it's me people. and a guy named Cody that lives yeah. in Croydon that yeah. give a shit. Yeah. Like, that's what it all comes yeah. down to. Shout out to Cody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My boy. Yeah. <laughs> As of now. Cody cares. There you go. Cody cares. Just there quickly, before we wrap then, does Cody exist? He does. Okay, Cody's just the real guy. He's yeah. the guy that spent all of the time and effort to make the square headlight grill go into the round headlight car. Legend. That yeah. is real square peg in a round hole. Oh. <laughs> oh. <that>. I clipped <laughs> again because I was so mad about that joke. <laughs> Hit the button. <laughs> the 
anger and tedium of that pun has made me furious. But that was quite a journey. Yeah. I like I I I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it up now. Partly because we're running we're running quite long. Um actually we're doing okay, we're going an hour seventeen, it's fine. There's Sorry. a whole other person. It yeah, was always yeah, gonna happen. This always happens. Yeah. Have we been talking for more than twenty minutes? Yeah. <laughs> flies by <laughs> an hour and an hour and yes shit you, give, you give me a medium and say jurassic park <laughs> and like here yeah. we are well what's really funny is my phone's got an alarm to tell me to take my antibiotics and it goes off every time i hit snooze it goes off every 10 minutes i've been snoozing that a lot um, yeah but we're all good okay herpes pills not for antibiotics mm-hmm. it's chlamydia um, <laughs> <laughs> all right none of this could go in because it's just <laughs> shop talk not the herpes stuff that can stay <laughs> All right, then, gentlemen, to wrap up, I have uh, what I've selected as some of the top movie slash fictional cars of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot you the often year, but um, not often, not always, year, uh, brand and model, and see if you can tell me what it's from. Oh, all right. Um, so, uh, number one, the 1982 Pontiac Trans Am. It's a TV series. Knight Rider. Correct. It is Kit from Knight Rider. That's a good pull. <laughs> Thanks. Sure. We, that, that wouldn't get us it's content royalty ideas. free if yeah. you see it yourself. It's, it's less than 30 seconds. It's fair use. And it was also I like a man. we all went there. Just yeah. like, is that copyright? Yeah, but it's also a man doing it a cappella. It'll be fine. You know what, though? I, if someone had said to me, what's the, what's the Knight Rider theme? I wouldn't know it. And when you first said it, I was like, huh? And now I can hear it. Mm. That's what that was. All right, mm-hmm. number two. And this one's a piece of piss. The 1981 DMC DeLorean. Back uh, to the future. Yeah. Yeah. 1959 Cadillac Hearse. Your your dreams? I wish. Repurposed as an ambulance. The car from Six Feet Under? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Ah, oh, Ecto-1. Ecto-1. Um, the GMC Van Dura. I don't even know what that A-team? is. A-Team? The A-Team van. Oh, van. Yep. There was a big clue there. <laughs> I can't Could have been anything. What, what fucking reference it is? It's some some comedy I've seen, and they just mentioned like what the eighteen van smells like, and I was just like, Probably and they just move died. across it, and I'm like, that's really weird. What yeah. was that about? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, uh, the Aston Martin DB4 slash five, James Bond, James Bond. Yeah, but which one? Doctor you see, no, they're actually rebuilding the DB5. I have seen that. Yeah, it looks beautiful. pretty rad. Yeah. Someone crashed a DB4 recently. Absolutely totaled it in the UK. There's only five of them. Four of them. Yeah, well, very, it is the DB4 sad. now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the 1969 Dodge Charger. Oh, uh, the Dukes of Hazard. Yes, the General Lee. Right. Name notwithstanding, a great car. The Dodge Charger is a great car. Correct. Yeah. Um, it had sh- Elliot's favorite flag painted on the roof. No. <laughs> wow. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. So, so what I'm was- not even going to let that joke fly. <laughs> what, 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 was the, um, what was the Union general in the Civil War called? Because the gem- General Lee was the Confederate general. And mm. then there was General... I know nothing about no, the American Civil nothing. War. Uh, general just- Field Marshal Michael Jackson. Um, Great. That is actually the leader of the era, Second Iraq War. Anyway, but they, they had a, a general... Ulysses S. Grant. There you um, go. They had a General Grant, which is a blue one in Union colors with the Union flag on top. Huh. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. same same charger. All right. I guess for Northern viewers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was there a version of... No, but that card, that card does exist and it is going around. Great. Like, in Canada, that show just had a Zamboni. It was a lot Dukes slower. Dukes of safety. 
Shoots of safety. <laughs> North of the Mason-Dixie line. <laughs> oh, I'd watch that. It's just like a high-speed, low-speed chase over, over speed bumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paved um, roads and infrastructure. Oh. <laughs> That's the Australian dream. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the Shelby GT500 Mustang. Ooh. I'm going to give you, I think it was 1970-something. Uh, Gone in 60 seconds? It was, That's yeah. what I was Eleanor. Say. Eleanor, But yes. I wasn't sure if there was like an earlier movie that used it. Um, I'm going to give you... A, a, Gone a, in 30 seconds. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's the GT350. <laughs> well, there was an earlier movie that used it, and it was called Gone in 60 Seconds, because the Nick Cage version is a remake. Right. I've only seen the Nick Cage version. Fun fact. Well, That's the only version you need to see. If yeah. it's a Nick Cage movie, chances are he was also in the original. He's old. He is a vampire. Yeah. Um, okay, so homegrown one. The 1972 HQ Holden Monaro Pursuit Special. Mad Max. The last of the V8 Interceptors. Great. Great movie. Um, 1974 Dodge Monaco. If anyone can get this, I will give them 20 Australian dollars. Dodge Monaco. I don't know what a Dodge Monaco uh, looks I like. I can probably... Is that s- Maggie Doyle's car from Blue Healers? I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> you just throw words what out there. What is that? <laughs> it wasn't from Driving Miss Daisy either. <laughs> fucking home away. I don't know. Um, if I give you a clue that it was also a um, decommissioned police car in the production. It's a movie. That doesn't help. It's old American police car and the two guys drive around in it. Oh, Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Right. You're not getting the money. I've told you too much for that. Yeah. <laughs> you give them a crisp $1 coin. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why I'd get one of those. No. Oh, there's one in my car. There you go. You're in. It won't be crisp. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchy. It's been um, in and out of too many Coles shopping trolleys. I really know where I was going in the house. <laughs> 1976 AMC Pacer. Oh, Wayne's World. Oh, the my word, yes. yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing this whole thing. I'm afraid, he, I think he's done you like yeah. 9-1. Yeah. That was, is a glorious car. It is. Like, it's a, well. I have, there are a few cars that it's just like money, no object that I would love to have, have in my shed. I'd have a Pacer. Absolutely. A baby blue one with a with red rope licorice dispenser in the roof. Like Yes. Why would you not if you had the resources? I mean, that's next. It could be next. Oh. Well, Keep any last thoughts on the beer? <laughs> Wait, is that the last one? Oh, you one? mean that it was, could be my next project. Yeah. I thought you meant that there was one more car. Oh, no, no, no. We were done guessing. You just done that one, yeah. Okay, you were just leveraging off my excitement. Either that or he was trying to goad you into another project. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. So that that was all 10. All right, what's the one um, fictional or movie car that you would have? And you could probably, I would say, have it with its without its powers and then one with. Powers? (laughs) Some of them can go back to the future. That Okay, that's a good point. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang could literally fly and was aquatic. That is... Well, I'd take the magic school bus. Obviously. Ooh. So when I typed in top fi- top <laughs> fictional cars, that was number one. And I was like, I can't put American school bus on there because it's obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Magic school bus is a pretty good win though. Well, yeah. it's not just the car. It can be it's all bus. vehicles. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And it can do and go anywhere and do anything. Anyway, um, what about with that? Oh, sorry. What, what would yours be? Uh, Jesse's VW Jetta from the first Fast and Furious movie. Mm. What? It's just with like the strongman silver arm on the yeah, side, yeah, like it. the white car yep. with the yeah. It's just like I love that character in that film, and he gets so hard done by. Is that the guy who's like gets done over by Paul Walker and pushed out of the the family? No, 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 no. no he's the guy who's got like ADHD. He de- he designs the Supra, the little weasel that gets dead. Yeah. Oh, he does get dead. Yeah, God, I need to watch this movie. But, but that so that I, like that model of Jetta, I just really like the look of it. 
So what's ridiculous is in yesterday I was looking at loads of different members of the cast from Fast and the Furious, mm. including what Hector is up to these days. Yeah. So it's like it's a lot of talks in schools about how you shouldn't join gangs despite the fact that's every yeah. character he ever plays. And also like most of the characters he's played have been called Hector. It's he's a wildly typecast man. Fair enough. But also he kinda owns it in a weird way. So I'm or just looking at this jet. He continuously forgets his name on set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's his actual name, he's also yeah. Hector. <laughs> That there is a couple of actors where they play characters and it's like they just use their own first name in like three or four yeah. movies. I'm just like lazy, but easy if it works. Yeah. I'm looking at this Jetta now and it's actually pretty sick. Yeah, right. Um, I was going to say what car with powers, but that's got pretty much powers. Mm. And then what car without? So yours is Magic School Bus with powers. With yours powers, is Jetty without. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of cars that have powers that you haven't already covered in, in the list. Herbie the Love Bug, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Bonds underwater Lotus Esprit. The most Lotus of the Bond cars. Season. The underwater Lotus has it's pretty rad. A nope. very special speed place racer. Speed racer does Mac Five. Yeah, what could it do? I've never seen. Speed there was racer. so many. It, it was like a Mac Five. It, no, it was like a, it was like a Bond car. It had weapons and shit all in it. Okay, that's pretty rad. Yeah, um, and they were all loaded on the steering wheel and the buttons. And I wouldn't mind any of the cars from Initial D just purely so I can listen to Euro Beats all the time. I mean, you could just do that now. Put in my car, yeah. it would feel appropriate. Yeah. Actually, my car is the spiritual successor to that car, thinking about it. You and you, can, you can just get Eurobeats on Spotify. Oh my God. That's what have all. you been doing? The Way Home is going to be fucking mental. Yeah. Uh, what's your car without the powers? A fresh off the factory floor, powder blue Volvo 240GL wagon. What movie is that from? Oh, yeah, that's just a car you want. <laughs> movie of my dreams. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say powder blue with a yellow and red no, no, flame no. AMC it's Pacer. Just, it's just a film that shows the Volvo factory in the 80s <laughs> in real time. It's just a film that plays constantly in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that uh, we're taking a train to Perth thing that was on SBS a couple oh, of months ago. Yeah, you can just watch a train. Yeah. I I forgot. You honestly, know how I feel about old Volvos. So, yeah, clearly. Yeah. But you know how I feel about old Volvos. So I'm, I'm going to allow it. That was my judge. They don't gavel at that point, I realize. But um, okay, I think I think on that point, <laughs> a judge is being like, "All right, fine, <laughs> all right, we allow all those." Yeah, I'm sure if we went through all of the films that exist, there'd be one of them. Somebody would be driving a Volvo 240GL wagon. Yeah, I, I I think it's probably appeared in a movie at some point. Yeah. yeah, that movie. That's the movie that I'm referring to. Good, probably some Swedish movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts on the beer? Mine slipped down. It's all phenomenally gone. well. It's all gone. Same. I've got about a third of mine left because I've cause... needed to piss for about half an I hour. All, I'm also, also dying to wrap up for that reason. But it's also the trap of the show. You do the talking, you don't do the drinking so much. Well, until the end, and you're just like, I need to drink. I'm thirsty. I just, I'm a guest. I yeah. didn't want to have to hit pause to go to the bathroom. No, it's <laughs> fine. I, I thought about it before we wrapped. So, what I'm going to do is do the wrap now uh-huh. and give. One, two, and the listener's relief. Yes. Um, if you're interested, this has been an episode and it some has. of us are seeing in the, the color sepia right now. I don't know why I drank two pints of water before we started as well. Um, yep. If you want to find out more, you can find us on all of our socials. We are Hebrew Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and I need to say Tinder, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I hope we're not on Tinder. <laughs> One of those mm. weird date this friend group. <laughs> date this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we could do. Um, I mean, Mike, what, anyway. how can they email us? Don't do it. Do it properly. It's hello at Thank heybrew.zone. I can't, I can't wait for you to do the like, go to your computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
So hello, at, what's that name again? Sorry, it's hello at Hebrew.zone. Fantastic. Uh, leave uh, reviews and stars and like and subscribe mm. on your favorite podcast listening thing. Also, uh, Jordan, if people want to check out the project that you're working on, this Jeep that we've spent oh, of all this time talking about. I thought you were going to ask him to do the website. Oh, no, 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 I no, can't no, even no. remember the Instagram handle oh, for, for it. For the love of... I'll I think it it's JeepJP underscore 12. Oz might be in there somewhere. Yeah. All right. What, what, Elliot's going to refer what, to what, it. JeepJP12 underscore Oz. Do you know what? It's much quicker to type in the word Jurassic Jeep Australia. Okay. Do I come up if you do that? You do. Great. Okay. Because well, there you go. Yeah. Jurassic Jeep Australia. Check I'm an out ambassador Jordan's for project. my own Google AdWords right here. Yeah, yeah. That's, some, that's some SEO. Yeah. Check out Jordan's project. It's it's alarmingly close. Great. Just like I am. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Hire me for your events. I can drive you to your wedding. <laughs> oh. for, your, for your very specific Jurassic yeah, yeah, yeah. Park themed yeah, yeah. wedding. You want to go to your, uh, <laughs> to your debutante ball? I'm your man. You All want right. to uh, go to a wedding? I'm your man. Think about it. John Hammond is the efficient. Is that the word? Officiator? Oh, yeah. Celebrant. Muldoon on the... Um, on I'll the find a way to make it as much or as little Jurassic Park as you want. Okay. Like, Interesting. Welcome to Diane and Dean's wedding. Great. Also, mm-hmm. have we missed anything? Mm-hmm. Put on a pipe organ. Fade out, fade out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like a fade you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I, th- I think that's it. I think, I think we've it. covered all the things. Yeah. Heybrew.zone is the website. You can find stuff on there that you li- might like, but probably yeah. not. Or if this has been a mess, just go there. You'll find links to stuff. It's a lot easier. Complain about it there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Heybrew. I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. And I'm sorry. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Ciao, cheers. <laughs> Okay, Mike, do you mind if I use your uh, your bathroom? Yeah, and that way Jordan can use the other bathroom. I'll show you where it is. <laughs> oh my word, there's so much liquid in me. <laughs> oh.